When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaCanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason LaCanfora and Brian Baldinger as well, guys. We bring it to you each and every week. Glad to have you back as we count down to the end of the season. We're approaching week 14, but it's time to look back at week 13 with my man Jason Lock on 4 and see what we missed on and maybe what we learned from week 13. So, Jason, I want to start with what we saw last night. I'm watching this game, bro, and it's it's sure. brutal. Let me be – I mean, it's just like they can't move the football. Brady looks eh. – yeah. And then all of a sudden, Brady yeah. becomes Brady in the fourth quarter. And I'll be honest with you, I tuned out because I thought the Saints had this thing wrapped. The way the offense had looked, and just to give you an example, Brady in the previous eight drives before those two drives in the fourth quarter, they had a total of 143 yards. I think they had a total of 156 in those two drives at the end of the game to not only tie it up, but then to take the lead. So what does this mean for Tampa? Because, Jason, I'm still not looking at them as a team to be a Super Bowl contender. No. No, that whole division just looks really awful. You know, you look at their scoring differentials. You look at their net touchdown differentials for teams in that division. It's it's far away, the worst division in football. And there aren't a whole lot of signature wins for teams outside that division. Like Carolina's signature win, you know, is probably beating Tampa, right? Like mm. you, you look at sort of like who's done what. It's not a whole lot of there there. Huge game, though, for the Tampa Bay Bucs. I mean, if you're a Tampa Bay Bucs fan, that defense and Tom Brady saved the season last night. Um, you're right, though. I mean, it was a whole lot of passes going nowhere. It was a lot of dink and dunk. Um, you know, I think the running game is not, by any stretch of the imagination, good. Like, was it marginally better in this game with White and Fournette than it's been most of the year? I guess. But – they got a couple of critical stops and 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 kept New Orleans from, from taking any time off the clock. And then the goat, you know, the goat did his thing. Uh, it's a really tough template to replicate, don't you think? Like that's a like if this is their road to beating bad teams, you know what I mean? That happened January when you got to beat four straight good teams, you know, and where you get a home game because you won that crappy division. But let's face it, you're going to be the underdog every game you play outside of your division for the most part from here on out. Um, so I was just thinking, it, it, you know, they're, they're a flawed team and they'll get their left tackle back. You know, that'll help a little bit. They'll get a little healthier in the secondary, at least they should. I, I guess that helps a little bit, but the offense is broken, you know? Yeah. And, and Brady does his thing at the end of games in desperation mode, but man, there's not – a whole lot they can bank on right now. You know, they can't bank they can't bank on Mike Evans in the red zone. You know what I mean? Like they, they can't bank on Lenny. They can't bank on Godwin and Miller on the deep ball because that stuff has been way off. 
you know? And those guys seem like they're not in the same area code. Hats off. It was a gutsy win. They had to hold serve at home. They found a way to do it. But I don't think this flies in the postseason. I don't either. And and by the way, Dennis Allen, I'm not going to say he's on the hot seat, but listen, it just tells you how brilliant Sean Payton was with the, yeah. the, the players they had there once Drew Brees was done and they're still winning and they're still, you know, an offensive juggernaut and they're finding ways to score and, and this whole Taysom Hill thing, you know, that, that's all Sean Payton, right? I mean, he created that monster. Yeah. But you see yeah. how this team is played. Defensively, they're still good. Offensively, they suck. And you look at Dennis Allen taking yeah. this team over. I'm just saying, for Saints fans, this is what we've been talking about for a long time. Once Peyton was gone and once Breeze was gone, what was this thing going to look like? And you see it now. So, you know, they, they got some work to do. Their aging stars on defense are getting older. Cam Jordan's a beast. But, uh, you know, yeah. that, that window of them trying to get to the Super Bowl – those last four years or so, you know, the, we're going back two seasons ago, where they got there all every year. It seemed like they were right on the cusp, and then they didn't get there. It's done. Uh, the, the Saints now, they, they've got to find a quarterback. They've well, got and, issues and, all across the board. Well, the Eagles are holding their first-round pick, and they didn't unload <laughs> at the trade deadline because Mickey Loomis is saying, well, wait a minute, nobody in this division is that good. You know, we've still got a chance, but guess what? There's a lot of GMs waiting to pick at the carcass of that roster because – in the offseason, when there is no trade deadline and there's no rush to try to get that guy to win a game this week because I don't play a game for six months, they're just going to wait for the Saints to have to cut these guys. And there's going to be a purge because of the way their contracts are structured, the way they've kept kicking the can down the road with the cap, um, even with the cap going up again next year. Uh, uh, numerous GMs and cap guys have told me that that team will have to be gutted. It is in the huddle. Carl Dukes, Jason Lockham for – I want to talk about the Jets because the Vikings beat the Jets. It's a hell of a game. It was a great game on Sunday. Yes, it was. I, I think Mike White throwing for 369, Garrett Wilson, we're seeing his, you know, this is the coming out of like, wow, oh, he yeah. is as, as good as we thought he was. 162 receiving. And you look at this Jets team, Jason, and you go, why can't Zach Wilson do what I'm seeing Mike wow. White do and and – if he was able to do that, then you'd have a lot more confidence. But Mike White has taken this job, and he's running with it. Now, they lose, but I was still impressed with what the Jets did on Sunday. No doubt. Um, that game could have got out of hand. The defense, once Minnesota hit 20 points, it, they, they held them there for a long while. The problem for the Jets was they were chasing the game with field goals and not touchdowns. <clears throat> you know, they needed they needed one, one more – completion one more winning play in the red zone and they win that football game it just wasn't there um Barrios I thought gonna hold on to that ball he mm. didn't uh so they, they 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 definitely have work to do in the red zone um no doubt about that but the defense is legit you know sauce against Jefferson lived up to the hype and and you knew like Jefferson's gonna get his but Jefferson wasn't gonna go off and he didn't you know what I mean Hawkinson wasn't gonna go off it was going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of Dalvin Cook, and, and that was the case. And, yeah, look, should the Jets have won that game? That They they should have. Um, you know, will Mike White learn and grow from that? And, 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 you know, can LaFleur craft some things or find some things in the red zone? Um, the, the, the Brees Hall injury, I think, really is stinging them now because they've got a better quarterback in place, but the run game – you know, it's kind of yeah. – yeah, it's kind of fits and starts. Um, 
But they're a really interesting team. They're not going to just fall off the map. Uh, they've got a big game with Buffalo this week. I mean, that number's approaching 10. Seems kind of high for me for a divisional game with the kind of defense the Jets play and with the Bills offense not exactly firing on all cylinders right now. I think the Jets will keep that game close. Um, I know the Jets lost by, I think, 10 the first time, but they've got a better quarterback now. They've got a more functional offense now. And Garrett Wilson is like what Keyshawn Johnson pretended to be. Like, just throw this kid the damn ball. Just put, <laughs> put the damn ball somewhere within arm's reach, and, and he's going to, you know, he's going to have more than a fighting chance to make a play. So there's a lot to feel good about with the Jets. Um, I, and that just, loss, though, will sting because, Carl, I think they ran like 20 plays in the red zone. Like, they were they they were living in the red zone and just couldn't score. Settling for field goals or couldn't convert on fourth down. Yeah, it's a great point. That defense, by the way, I'm just – you look at the names on that defense and you start to realize, you know, Carl Lawson, Rankins, uh, C.J. Mosley, uh, Sauce Gardner, yeah. D.J. Reed. They got guys. Like, yeah. they, they got studs across that defense. And if you just get confident quarterback play, right? So, I agree with you. That could have gone a different way if they scored – Two more touchdowns in the red zone with all the chances they had. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, guys, tell your friends. And again, new episodes come out every Tuesday and Thursday. We go all around the NFL. We talk about the games and every aspect as we take you inside the huddle and inside the league. All right, I want to ask you about while we're talking about Minnesota. This is interesting to me. Nine of their 10 wins have been one possession That's games. Does that bode well for them when they get into the playoffs? Because you've been in these games where we've won a lot of these. We can pull this out. Or does that say something else about, okay, maybe they've just been living on the edge and they're going to fall off once they get to the playoffs? Well, look, I mean, their scoring differential and their net touchdown differential points to a team that, you know, should be a game over 500 or a game under 500, not a team you know, with what, the, the second best record of football or whatever it is. So, no, I think there's some luck, there's some variance, whatever you want to call it, that's going into this. Um, you know, the ball is odd-shaped. It bounces in weird ways, and it doesn't, you know, sometimes you recover a fumble, sometimes they recover a fumble. Like, I don't know that that's schemed up or that's necessarily, you know, a football play, right? It's, it's, it's geometry and physics. So – I think there'll be regression at some point. Like, yeah. you know, I think they're going, they're going to lose a one-score game or two between now and whenever their season ends. Uh, they're, they're, they're a hard, hard team for me to figure because usually if you look at a team that has that many wins and then the underlying metrics would say, nah, then there's something they're exceptional at, right? Like, you look at some of those Tennessee teams in, in years past and you'd look at the record and you look at some of these numbers and say it doesn't match, but then you'd have Derrick Henry go for 2,000 yards, right? And teams right. put eight, nine in the box and they still can't stop him. Like there would be something about that team, whether it was a pass rusher having a historically significant season or some element, some something anomalous to them that would make you say, okay, well, that closes the gap between what the numbers say they should be and their record. I don't know what that is for the Vikings. I don't think that exists for the Vikings. Like, it's not a great defense. It's not a great offense. You know, the quarterback's having a great season. The quarterback's yeah. not having a historically significant season. Like, 
what Jefferson's doing is freakish, but like, is it that much more freakish than what a AJ Brown or a Devontae Adams or you know a handful of other guys could do on any given Sunday? Like, I don't think it's enough for me to say I buy that they're who the records say they are, not what all these underlying numbers say they are. So it's it's it builds confidence for them. Like it's not a bad thing in any way, but I think their luck will run out relatively soon in the playoffs. I, I don't think when they have to run the gauntlet in January, you know, that they're the team to do it. Although the Garoppolo injury is obviously huge, you know, and yeah, and, and yeah. other injuries and, and other circumstances will, will certainly uh, alter what that NFC playoff field looks like five weeks from now versus where it is now. But – I don't think the Minnesota Vikings are a great football team. I felt that they way. They have all a year. great record. They do. I felt that way all year. And people are like, oh, you're disrespecting the record. There's just something that just isn't clicking for me. And and listen, if, if I'm wrong, I'll own it. But at the end sure. of the year, if they run the table and they win the Super Bowl, but with this record, you're gonna get home field. You're, you're, you know, you're gonna have some home playoff games. Yeah. You gotta you gotta get the Super Bowl. You you can't be in this position. It's like the Eagles now. You're playing, you're playing for the bye to get some rest, sure. and you're playing for home field throughout. You can't have a record like this at this point in the season and not think we're going. Um, I want to talk about San Francisco because you just mentioned the injury to Garoppolo. They beat the Dolphins 33-17. I thought Tua was sped up in this game. I thought he was he was yeah. pressured and rushed. Yep. rushed. He throws two picks. We hadn't seen that from Tua. Nope. Um, so it's not all on him. I just think the 49ers, and we've said this, Jason, I think uh, Baldy said it as well. Once they get healthy, this was going to be a defense to, to, to have to deal with. But what, in your opinion, does this Jimmy G injury mean now? Because, you know, I'm seeing all this all these reports about Baker Mayfield. I don't buy that. If they're going to bring him in, I think that's a mistake where they're yeah. at. But I also don't know if, if Brock Purdy can do it. But, Jason, I was impressed with what he did last week. He came in. He wasn't afraid to make the throws. Nope. He played with a lot of confidence. No, look, there, you know, he gets five gold stars. Like, I, I'm not going to knock anything about what he did coming in under those circumstances with who he is and how they've had to – like, with the way they've had to juggle that quarterback thing, right, with building it for Lance and telling Jimmy G to stay away, and then Jimmy G comes back, and now we got to get him ramped up because he's coming off sur surgery and we didn't even want him in our facility for six months. Right? Like, nobody's been worried about developing the Mr. Irrelevant. Like, that right. has – you know – Kyle don't have time. Like, that's that hasn't even been on the dance card. Like, that's not on the bingo card anywhere. And now it's become priority number one. So, like, for this kid to do what he did under those circumstances is special. Now, saying that, teams not, now there's film on him, and now teams are going to spend all week preparing for him. And now he's going to go through the entire week not thinking, like, I want to be the best scout team quarterback in the world I can be, but thinking, man, they built a Super Bowl roster now I, I can't I can't bleep it up. Like now, like I just went from a guy who nobody remembered since they I was the last pick in the draft to like a guy who's the starting quarterback for a team that's Super Bowl or bust. So it's a different, it's gonna be a different weight on him, a different set of expectations. He's gonna get better preparation, but it it you know, it this is the big leagues, and they will pick and pry and expose. Any wart there is. And there's definitely warts with Brock Purdy. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been Mr. Irrelevant. So as the sample size expands, you know, 
They're going to have to really – like, they got to keep Trent Williams healthy. Yep. They're going to have to be an elite team running the football. Like, the running game's been a little hit or miss for me. It's certainly by Kyle Danahan standards. Like, the outside zone's going to have to be humming. Like, it's going to – like, it doesn't matter who the back is. We're just blocking it up so much that whoever hits that one, you know, plant and cutback is is positive yards. Um, and obviously the defense, you know, is, is going to have to hold teams to – you know, high teens, low twenties. You know, I understand they scored thirty-three points in this game on Miami, but I don't think that's going to be the norm. And I'm with you on Baker Mayfield. Like, if they want to sign him and put him on the practice squad and like have him there and bubble wrap and pra- and, and and practice him up a little bit, great. But like, I remember when Kyle Shanahan traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo sat for like five weeks to learn the offense. Right? They made that trade in mid-season. Yeah, and. He wasn't like just, hey, this guy, we traded for him. We gave two twos or whatever. Here you go. Like he sat for over a month absorbing that thing. Now, they were also still in rebuild mode there, right? They weren't in Super, Super Bowl, Bowl or bus mode. mode. Right. So that was a different luxury. But I do think it it says something about what he believes, Kyle believes, the importance of being completely mentally vested in that offense is. And I don't think Baker Mayfield walked through the door and knows that offense better than Brock Purdy. I don't know where Baker Mayfield's head is right now. Like, I get it. He's on the street. He's won games in this league. He's been to the playoffs. Like, you want to stash him on your roster, great. But right. my thinking on this is, having watched Kyle over the years, knowing people close to Kyle, I think Kyle has completely mind, body, and soul turned himself over into making Brock Bernie the best quarterback he can be, you know, uh, seven days a week. Here's what I know about Kyle. And I've known him a long time. He made Matt Schaub the leading passer in the NFL. He made Matt Ryan an MVP. Now, he doesn't have that kind of time because in those seasons, he worked fully, you know, the entire year with those guys. And, And But my point is, guys that may have been on the fringe and whether you thought they were good or not, he's made them look good. In this offense, he's made them better. So I believe what you're saying. Brock Purdy, over the next four or five weeks, does he get him ready for the playoffs and say, listen, this is what I need you to do? And, and I'll give you an example, Jason. When Matt won the, the, the MVP in the 16th season, going to the Super Bowl, one of the things he limited was, was interceptions. Matt had this tendency to throw, and you've seen yeah. it again. It's popped its ugly head back up. Dumb, silly interceptions, throwing across the middle, not seeing linebackers, taking chances. And Kyle would just say, throw it away. Throw it away. So he threw it away that year, and he didn't have those silly and stupid mistakes. And then he throws for 35 or 40, you know, 36 touchdowns. My point is, he's great at that. He's great at getting guys to buy into what, this is what I need you to do. And if it's not there, don't do it. And we'll move the football, we'll run, and we'll do all these things. They've got enough weapons to, to be in this thing. If Brock Purdy doesn't make mistakes, you can manage this and then maybe win some games with your defense. So, I'm totally agree with you. And the, the Baker Mayfield thing, let's 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 hit on this just for one second. He's done. Okay. Why should I believe that a number one overall pick who had an opportunity in Cleveland, then gets an opportunity in Carolina, is all of a sudden now gonna flip the switch and this is gonna be perfect for him? Jason, I had a yeah. guy hit me up yesterday and he said, Oh, those organizations are bad. So now quarterbacks have to be in a perfect situation to succeed. Let me tell you guys something. Cincinnati was a bad organization. And then they got a guy named Joe Burrow. Yeah. Okay. For historically, people have talked about how bad Cincinnati has been. 
So that's crap to me. I mean, this idea that you got to have a perfect situation for a guy to succeed, it doesn't happen in the NFL. So I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. I haven't. No. And now he's on the street, to your point. Maybe a team that says, hey, we want to see what he's got next year. You sign the guy. But if I'm San Francisco, I'm just not taking that chance. I, I don't need him to do this. No, and I'm not picking him up off waivers. I'm waiting for him to clear. I'll get him at my price, and I'll put him on my practice squad. Like, that's that's, that's it. what yeah. I would do. That That's what I think Kyle may do. And, like, there is a part of Kyle's ego that – loves this sort of challenge like you know <laughs> Brian right. he was seven and five with Brian Hoyer in Cleveland one year like yes. Cleveland was like 12 games into a season first the AFC North before the bottom fell out and and you know Brian Hoyer was a starting quarterback now he also thought CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins could play in the league right and had at least long time term backup and in Mullins case starting potential and so his evaluation he, he done about a thousand not not close to it but these sort of challenges are right up his alley, and he will try to make Brock Purdy the best system quarterback he could be. And I think that's where his head is. And, and we'll find out if that's good enough, you know, a month from now uh, to keep them in the mix the way we all thought they were in the mix before Jimmy G went down. What's the latest on the Lamar injury? Um, I was concerned. I'm like, I see that, and I go, oh, they're, yeah. this might be over. And then I think, Harbaugh said potentially he could play this week. I mean, what what, what happened? What do you think? Now, look, um, just being around this team and knowing sort of the, the verbal cues and ticks and, you know, reading between the lines, like this kid's not playing for several weeks. There's no mm. doubt in my mind. Um, I don't think he'll practice for two weeks. I don't think he's, he's definitely not playing against the Steelers. I'd be really surprised if he played against the Browns. And then we'll have to see how this knee responds and, what he's doing in practice. Um, and if you're Lamar Jackson, too, like, you know, a quad at a hip, like you were already really beat up. You ran 14 times, you know, the week before to give your team a chance to hold off, you know, Jacksonville. Like he, he's pretty beat up um, and he wasn't at 100% and now he's suffered a new injury, you know, and one that has him hobbled and not able to walk normally. So I, I don't. I don't think you're going to see Lamar Jackson until maybe around Christmas. And maybe it's longer. You know, we'll, we'll find out a little more about what the MRI exactly showed. But it's going to be Tyler Huntley for the, at least the next couple of weeks. They've got two huge divisional games coming up. Uh, and all their assets are the defense anyway. So, like, that, they're, they're going to have to do what they did um, to Carolina two weeks ago, you know, to win 13-3. They're going to have to do what they did. <laughs> To beat Denver a few days ago, ten to nine, uh, you know, if the other team's scoring into the mid twenties, I, I don't know that this offense gets there. Their running backs are averaging three six a carry the last four games. The dynamic pistol runs, the outside stuff isn't there right now. They don't have a special back, and now they don't have Lamar setting it up. You know, Huntley can scramble. Huntley can run. He's a he's a above average runner. He's an above average athlete. He's not Lamar Jackson. And the scope of their passing game, which was already constricted, is now it's it Huntley will get it out fast, unlike Lamar. He will read sort of, you know, a low to high, not high to low. Like if something's right. there, short intermediate, he's going there before he thinks about Andrews 30 yards downfield. And they just played a football game where he was the point guard and everybody got involved. And the wide receivers averaged 5.5 yards per catch. That's the wide receivers average 5.5 yards per catch. 
in a year in which the average run goes for 4.5 yards. So that's what they are right now. Um, they're not good in the red zone. They don't have pieces, individual pieces, to help you win in the passing game outside of Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews is beat up. And teams have clamped down on Mark Andrews the last six weeks. Uh, so, you know, the defense has to be, like, really legit. The defense can't go around blowing 10-point leads and 9-point leads, which they've done with stunning, you know, regularity. Um, and this Pittsburgh game is going to be tough. They're, they're, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are always tough games. They they're are. generally low scoring. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You know, guys like Dennis Dixon have won games in this rivalry. <laughs> Charlie Batch, like yeah, you could you could you know Ryan Mallett, like you you can find a lot of situations where it's like how the hell did that quarterback win that game for that team? Um, so it'll be a, a defensive battle, and then Cleveland's going to test that offense and that defense even more with the pieces they have. Um, not that I think Sean Watson is anything special, but. I'm just overwhelmed at what I've seen since the 0-2 start um, for the Bengals, yep. who've, what, won eight cents, you know, uh, since that 0-2 start. Mm -hmm. Burrow, how is he not the MVP, right? He owns Patrick Mahomes right now. Right there, and him, Hurts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I say that simply because – to be able to overcome not having Mixon, not having Jamar Chase, still winning games. They went on the road last week and beat the Titans, right? And we talked about that game. And then you come back and you're at home and you're a dog at home and you beat the Chiefs. I just think, you know, this is the epitome of get on my back. I got this. You guys, I'm going to make the throws yeah. we need to make. I'm going to make the plays we need to make. There are just very few dudes, Jason, like this in the league at this position yeah. where doesn't matter what I've got. I'm going to go out and we're going to win. And and that is the belief of the Bengals why I think they're a dangerous team moving forward, man. You know, I, I think back a lot to my reporting, you know, talking to people leading into that draft and then talking to people, you know, after that draft. And the Bengals got a lot of calls for that first overall pick. You know, there were a lot of people who were like, well, does Burrow really want to be there? You know, he's from Ohio. You know, and like you said, that was not a model organization when he got there. You know, and is Mike Brown even going to – is he going to give him a second contract? Like, is Mike <laughs> Brown going to be willing to pay this kid what he's worth if he's, if he's what, every you know, everybody thinks he is? And I talked to people who had conversations with the Bengals about trying to move up. And, like, more than one told me, like, that this guy is convinced that this is the second coming of Joe Montana, that this guy – that Joe Burrow was born to win NFL football games and to win a lot of them. Um and that he just, you don't trade Joe Montana. You don't trade a Joe Montana before his rookie season. <laughs> and he's, that's probably a pretty fair comp. Um, there is a lot of that same sort of moxie and, and that just belief that as long as this guy's upright, we're, we got a chance to beat anybody any given week. And you saw it, unfortunately, his rookie season between what they were building with him and what it looked like after he got hurt. Um, no, he's special, man. He's special. And and the defense, Lou Anarumo should get a head coaching job. Their defensive I coordinator. I agree. People still don't talk about the job that the defense does nearly enough. Um, it's a really good football team. It's one of the best rosters in football. It's a quarterback who's got a never season. He's just a, he's a silent assassin. You know, he he's willing to look anybody in the eyes, any quarterback in this league, and say, I can I can do better than you on this day to to win this game for my team. Um, the protection's gotten better along the way. And, like, even the Mixon injury, like, they're not sprinkling in more Pirine after Mixon comes back. Then something's off. 
because yeah. he was great. When they use him in the four minute, all like his whole career, when they use him in the four minute and the two minute offense, he tends to get it done. Like, is he as good in pass protection as Joe Mixon? Maybe not, but he's still damn good enough to keep him on the field. And he brings another explosive element to them in the screen game. So, yeah, they've 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 run a really tough gauntlet there, and and managed to close the gap on the Ravens, who were really facing a, a portion of their schedule that looked you know easier, far easier on paper, and uh, they've got now a playoff pedigree. So yeah, I, I think you better fear the Bengals. And since week two, Joe Burrow is the number one rated passer in the NFL, and I think it's him, Mahomes, and Hurts. I think that's the upper echelon of the MVP conversation. Yeah, and he just doesn't he doesn't make mistakes. That's the thing, right? I mean, we talk about these guys, you know, when when Aaron's at his best or even Brady, and, and again, they're not even close to what's going on with these guys that we're talking about this year, but they just they don't make mistakes and hurt their teams. I, I think no. they're a dangerous team. All right, Jason, I'm gonna say this. Dallas Cowboys are going to Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys Ooh. are going listen, Jason. I'm watching this team, and I'm saying defensively, they've got all the makings. They get after the quarterback. They lead the league in sacks. They've got star power, Gallup, C.D. Lamb. I'm seeing them host OBJ, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. He's at the Mavs game. The, the, the crowd is chanting OBJ. I don't know if he signs there. But I'm, the yeah. Cowboys are good enough to overcome whatever maybe coaching mistakes that have been made in the past by Mike McCarthy. I know – he doesn't get the, the necessary credit he deserves. But if I was to tell you that after this beatdown of the Colts, who's a bad team, 54 of 19, that this team's going to the Super Bowl, could you buy into that based on what you've seen this season with the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, they're they're a really good football team. Um the Garoppolo injury, <laughs> I think, factors in. So, like, I, I, I mean, I, it's hard for me. I'm to waiting really. for you to go. You're out of it's your fucking mind. Well, I think it's the NFC. I don't know. Like we just said, Minnesota is not as good as its record. Yep. San Francisco just lost the quarterback and took him to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and is playing Mister Irrelevant. I, I, I think for me, I, I think the Eagles can beat the Cowboys. So do I. Um, so do I. I think the Eagles have more ways to beat you than most teams in this league or more ways that they can win. Um, I think the Eagles have the better quarterback. Um, or the Eagles have a better scheme. But if those two teams played on a neutral site, I I'm sure Vegas would have it a coin flip. Uh, and by the way, I probably just pissed off all the Eagles fans. I love Jalen Hurts. I think they're really good, and I agree with you. But – I'm saying this because unlike many years, the last 10, all right, I'm not even going to talk about the last 25 when we've been talking about the yeah. Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. The last 10, this is the best Cowboy team we've seen. This is the best Cowboy team we've seen. It's now, is the it most good? balanced, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but is it good enough to go to the Super Bowl? Pollard, Zeke, you've got Dak. And here's what's interesting about what you just said. They didn't match the quarterback play in that first game because obviously Dak was out and, you know, the Eagles were at home. They'll get a chance to, to get revenge yep. on, on Christmas Eve. That game, I want to see what happens. Because if the Eagles go into Dallas and beat them, then, you know, you, you start to look at this and go, all right, they are, in fact, just a better team with better quarterback play. And that's that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, I, I think those are probably the, the two best teams in the NFC right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that. 
Um, the Odell thing, I don't know what to make of it. Like, does, does anybody know? Like, can he, can he, can he, can he, can he cut? Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, can he, like, physically, is he really, is he, is he ready to play football? Like, not just, <laughs> not like next week, but like even two weeks after that. I, I don't know that we're, we're certain of that. Um, but yeah, with all the collateral they've built up with all their victories, like, they could afford that to sign him, train him for three, four weeks, and just see what he can do in the playoffs. Um, there's just I always have this feeling that they're going to blow they're gonna, it. They're going to f it up somehow. Yeah, you know what I no, mean? that that's like, why it's such a the other shoe will drop. You know what I mean? And they'll yes. lose in the first round to Washington, like twelve <laughs> to eleven or something like that. You know what I mean? Because it like, always feels that way. I just – it's hard for me to buy this Jerry Jones operation and say that's going to be the last team standing or that's going to be the second to last team standing. Like, I just feel like they try to get you to go for that okey-doke, you know? Um, that was interesting to me, though. I'm watching that fourth quarter, and I'm thinking Jim Irsay's the second most hated man in football to Deshaun Watson, or maybe third most hated – because you can put Jimmy Haslam and Watson together. And then, like, that – I mean, look, it was – like, the Eagles game was personal, right? Like, right. Nick Sirianni right. screaming, F these guys, this is for Frank Reich. Like, you don't see that That's very true. often in the NFL. That's true. And then these guys, 33 nothing in the fourth quarter. Like, the backup quarterback's in there, and he's still throwing touchdown passes, and you're, you've already scored in the 40s. Now, I mean, is a part of it Kellen Moore wanting to hang a 50-burger so he can get a job somewhere? Probably. But I also think it's real easy for the head coach to tamp that down. Like, just run the ball, right? Just run the ball, run clock, let's get out of here. I mean, they're, they yes. scored 14 points that, that I don't think most teams would even think about. Um, so I found that interesting. I found that to be maybe more of a middle finger to Ursay than, like, this is what, you know, the, cow, this is the, this, the Cowboys are now this juggernaut that's going to do that all the time. Um, and the Colts don't play murderers row down the stretch, but I, I also think that, uh, I think Jeff Saturday is going to find that this is not for him. Um, yeah. I think Ursay's is going to want him to stick around and I think he's going to realize like, eh, yeah, we're, we're, we don't have a court. Also, what you think of Matt? You know, Matt Ryan pretty well. Yeah. Like I thought it was pretty disgraceful that he kept Matt Ryan in that game. Like that looked to me like, when Patrick Waugh was in Montreal and he didn't have it one night and they left him in there to face like eight goals, right? And the next day he went in the GM's office and said, I, I demand an effing trade. I'll never play for Montreal again. And 24 hours later, he's in Colorado and the he's Avalanche traded. are winning, winning, you know, Stanley Cups. That's like, a great analogy. The, the, I, I was shocked. He like, I was shocked he left him in there to take that beating. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I, that's, that's not a professional operation there. It's not. It's not. Three picks from Matt. He looked... I'll say this. This is how I phrased it to to our, my audience here in, in Atlanta. And then, you know, I talked a little bit about it on the national show, but it's almost it's almost like you feel sorry for him, right? You, you thought a lot of people thought he was going to a better situation to end his career with Frank Wright and that the running game with Taylor and the offensive line and all the things that looked really good in the offseason sure. were going to benefit him. And now he's getting his ass beat. He's getting sacked. You know, the, the sacks are almost more than what he got sacked here the last few seasons, and it's it's shameful. And so just from a, a human standpoint, dude is really good. 
Dude's a great human being. But yeah, this guy. is a he's a great guy. But this is a shell of himself. Like, and, and to your well, point. Not, but so, like, why did he keep rubbing his nose in it? Like, so why you was he out there it, the final right? drive? That's like, my point. Is he you, trying you, to say, oh, it's him, not us? Like, this like right. weird. You don't think that was bad? Let's see if he throws another pick. Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't yep. I, I it and and whatever you could say I was predisposed to hate this thing because I was. <laughs> I think you were predisposed. But like that, predisposed. I don't think people like I don't think real NFL coaches do that. Like you're paying Nick Foles all this money, he's been sitting there all year. Like play him, put him play in. Him. Like why are you yeah. gonna keep him? But like it's not happening for Matt Ryan tonight. He, well, not only that, you weren't coming back. You weren't coming back. Right. right? That's what, the thing. I mean, what are you, point, like what are you saying by having him finish that game? You know? Yeah. Like I, it's I, not I, an I accident. You, you played in the league. You've been in plenty of situations where they pulled Peyton out of the damn game. Like, I don't know. Uh, by the way, Cowboys have scored five of their last six games. They're averaging 37 points. So it's not just about the defense. Five of their last six. Now, again, this was a, a debacle. But the point is you're seeing them consistently put points on the board, yeah. make these drives, scoring opportunities. They're averaging 37 points. I think you got to look at that and go, all right, the defense is really good, and now the offense may be coming. That is why I've said what I've said. We will see. But I'm with you, Jason. It's it's Eagles, Cowboys, and we're going to find out a little bit more on, on December 24th. All right, before we get out of here, in the huddle, guys, Jason Lock on four. Follow him on social media. I'm at Put Him Up, see Dukes, Carl Dukes, along with our man Brian Baldinger. We're going to bring you a new episode on Thursday. Look ahead to this weekend's games. But we love for you guys to like us. And uh, subscribe. And more importantly, make sure you're here every Tuesday and Thursday as we issue new episodes. Um, I, I got to ask you about the, the Commanders and the Giants. Uh, I did have a little coin on this game. Um, it ends in a tie. Uh, I actually had the Commanders money line, which a lot of my friends said, you're crazy. And then the game played out and I was like, ah. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. Are you sold on Daniel Jones or is the verdict still out on the Giants quarterback? They just don't have. I don't think there's enough around him to truly evaluate, you know? And and do I do I think he's ultimately the person who Brian Dable's going to have a long playoff run with and, and you know, look at as, as their guy for the next 10 years? I don't. But I also think he, he's looking at the same quarterback marketplace I'm looking at. We talked about it a few weeks ago. I wrote about it at the Washington Post. Like, the, the two best guys look like Gino and Jimmy G, and now Jimmy G's coming off season-ending surgery again. And neither of those guys was probably leaving where they were anyway for a multitude of reasons. You know, and like we talked about Tom Brady, and I don't know where he fits anymore. You know, I, I just don't know where that plays. Like the teams that he's going to want because he thinks they're on the cusp of the Super Bowl, like how many of them are really going to want him back? You yeah. know? Okay, maybe right. San Francisco. Maybe. Maybe. Um, But what's he going to look like next January, right? Because that's all about Super Bowl or bust. So I don't know that those fits exist. So – You know, like, where else is he going? Like, Mike White, you know, Baker Mayfield. Like, this is the group. Like, this is the this is the crop. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they find a way to keep him there on a two or three year deal. That's you know really doesn't have guarantees, real guarantees beyond the yeah, first year. Pay, pay, and yeah, they say we're going to draft some. Yeah, they're they're they won too many games to get the quarterback this year. I don't see them trading two draft, you know, mortgaging two drafts to get up to the top three to get one. So I think they try to bring Daniel Jones back. They try to add pieces on offense in the draft and free agency. 
And then they use next year as a truer evaluation of what he can look like. He's, he's made a lot of strides this year. And Brian Dable does have that quarterback whisperer thing going on. Um, but I think ultimately he's been in the league for a while now. And, and I think he will prove to be someone who sticks around in the league for a long time um, and has various chances to start like Tarod Taylor, something like that. I think that, you know what I mean? A career path like that. Yes. Maybe a little more upside. I don't know. But um, the Giants just have – I mean, Saquon Barkley went from averaging 129 scrimmage yards per game the first six weeks to 88 now. You know what I mean? Like teams just aren't going to – 5.5 yards per touch the first six weeks, 3.7 since. Like the offensive line isn't great. The ball's only really going one place. Like if they keep this kid Bellinger, the tight end, I liked him before he got hurt. Like maybe they could get him going a little bit. But like, there's so little there at wide receiver. Like, it's it's a hard ask, man. You know, I was sitting on them team total nineteen under nineteen and a half for plus money. And then I also had it in some parlays when it moved to twenty and a half. Yeah, and they hit twenty early, and I still kind of felt good about the twenty and a half. Like, I don't know, man. And if you would have told me they held them through overtime, I'd have said, okay, that might be a bit much. Yeah, well, Washington's a good defense, and I didn't think there was going to be. I'm surprised both those teams hit 20. I thought that was going to be a 17-14 type game. It was a little higher. Um, the Giants are in trouble. Like, they are. There'll be a lot of things they take from this season that bode well for the future. And the head coach is legit, but they're running out of steam, and they're running out of players. Yeah, this is going to be Joe Shane's opportunity to show how he can team build. I still like those hires. But now, big time. Yeah. yeah. But now they've got to show that they can they can team build, and and that's going to be his opportunity in the offseason to see well, how. And, and they're in the back. they're in the toughest division in the NFL, which none of us would have thought in August. True, absolutely. Like you would not have looked at these division games in August quite the way you're looking at them now. Again, including a Washington team that has one of the best defenses in the league, like they just do. There's it's been going on for over two months now. Like they're a legit defense. They're they're top eight. You know, you know, they're in the top 25% in most things you want a defense to do. Jason, great job as always, man. Um, guys, we're back on Thursday. Brian Baldinger will be here. Jason as well. We're, we're just bringing it to you as the season winds down. Week 14, we got great matchups. We'll talk about the flex schedule because the NFL's smart about this and saying that game sucks. This is yeah. a much better game. We're going to put that game in prime time. And uh, as we get closer to the end of the season, we'll have Saturday NFL matchups. So, lot to get to. And this thing is wide open. It's, it's just wide open. When you start talking about give yeah. me the team, there is no definitive team that you can say right now. And listen, even with my Cowboys thing, because I know that, again, you look at them and you go, ah, like Jason said, they're going to screw it up. But nobody is definitively here right now. There are just yeah. a lot of teams that are right here, and I want to see who rises to the top. Jason, have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. We're back you on too, Thursday. Brother. Man, appreciate it. And guys, subscribe, like us, and tell your friends. It's in the huddle. Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on 4, Brian Baldinger. Have a great day, everybody.